Yes, people. How the hell are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Void. And what a time, people. What a it it really seems like the UK and the US are in parallel. You know what I mean? Like over with you guys. We've got all the calls for Trump to be impeached. Over here, there's all the calls for um, Johnson to, to resign, to step down. And both are so delusional that they're in the right with every single thing they do. It, it's incredible. You know what I mean? So, like, I... Everyone probably knows Boris Johnson suspended Parliament, but the Supreme Court have said it was illegal. And instead of coming like, you know, okay, we fucked up. It's just like, they're liars. Fuck them. It's, it's insane. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? The guy is a lunatic it's a lunatic but yeah it, it's just like he has modeled himself on trump it's crazy it's it's crazy times but what the fuck are you gonna do right it's like um so man it's been a it's been a weird week i've uh had to you know had a few trips to the hospital so i, I was meant to go had to have some scans recently. So I went to the hospital to pick up my results. And and the guy's like, okay, so um, why are you here? I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Why am I here? And then he's just like, oh, I thought you were going to get a scan. I'm like, yeah, I did that. Check your records. He's like, oh, oh yeah, we don't have the results yet. Which was the whole reason for me coming. Then I'm like, what's going on? It's just like, ah, I don't know. We kind of think that what we told you before could be wrong. And there could be this going on. I'm like, okay. So, like, what's the difference? He's like, ah, they're pretty much the same. Although, you know, this one, you probably need a liver transplant. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold the fuck on what he's like oh yeah you know might need a liver transplant but you know it's just one of those things right what do, like what he's like well how do you feel i mean what do you mean how do i feel you've given me no information but just the vague the vague indication that i might need a transfer you're like oh um, I don't know. Well, we'll see how it goes. It was just a mess. It was a complete mess. And just irritating. It's not the way you want to start your Monday. You know what I mean? Just like, god damn it, people. And, um, I had a physio appointment today, actually, this morning. So I went for the physio. And uh, that was a lot better. You know, so I think she feels that 
I, you know, with some work, I, sh- I could possibly get back to jujitsu, which is great. You mean that's that's a big thing, being able to to roll again and all of that. But I, I asked her about some stuff I heard on Rogan's podcast about um it was I think it was Dr. Roger Patrick where it was talking about heat and cold receptors and how it can help with inflammation and everything like that. Yeah, it's probably not the shit that you want to pick up because I think I spoke to another doctor about it and they're just like, no, no, don't know anything about that. Don't agree with it. But he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> they just don't want to sign anything off. It's just, they just want you to go in and do the shit they tell you. Don't try anything crazy, anything new, anything ah, that pushes the boundaries on normal medicine. But fuck it, you know what I mean? I it's, it's stuff that he's gonna try. But at least though, the, the I mean the big thing was that she was I think more positive on good outcomes from all of this. So yeah. There's all of that. Um, uh, you know, it's not been a, a complete write-off. Still in the beginnings of the whole London Film Festival. Uh, you know, the festival hasn't started. But there is a lot of press screenings and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just doing all of that. Seeing different films. Got my business cards finally print it up so that's all good so i'm pretty much set man pretty much set which is really good but yeah i think that's enough about my shit so um yeah let's get into um just some of the weird shit that's been happening <laughs> i mean weird probably not as weird as impeachments and calls for resignation but there's some shit that's been going down. So, um, yeah, let, let, let's get into um, that, right? Okay, so, yeah, some interesting stuff around the World Wide Web. Uh, so a case was just brought against Google um, in regards to the whole right to be forgotten in Europe. Uh and you know um it was it was essentially a, a french company saying that google needs to delete information everywhere not just europe which could have been interesting um but the the ruling was that no they don't have to do that um but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a strange one, really. So the the whole right to be forgotten is also known as the right to erasure, um, and it's a rule that gives EU citizens the power to demand data about them be deleted. Um, when it comes to search engines, Europeans have had the right to request links to pages containing sensitive personal information about them be removed and this has been a thing since 2014 
Um, yeah, and and so it, it yeah, it's this big, long, weird, um, yeah, kind of thing. So what happened? As I said, look, a French company, um, C N I L ordered Google to globally remove search results listings to pages containing damaging or false information about a person. Um, So, instead of just, instead of deleting the information, so Google just geo-blocks the information, which means that... um, if you with if you're in Europe, you can't search for it. You can't find it. But if you're out of Europe, you can. And um, yeah, I think that's the whole. Yeah, that was the whole thing, really. But um, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of weird, right? Biz, I mean, a lot of people use VPNs and all of that, but it, it, it's kind of like, um, it's when people delete shit off Twitter and stuff like that, because sometimes it's in reference to something else, so then it's just like, you, you have a, a part of something, but not the whole picture, and you know it's a, it's a, it all becomes a bit weird, and just because the information is there, it doesn't mean because there's a lot of stuff floating around, right? That's not necessarily true, or just hey, if we look at it like this, yeah, it that happened so many years ago. So it's what relevance does it have? On things going forward today. And sometimes. Yeah. That's important. That stuff shouldn't be hidden. So I think it's a tricky thing. But I'm a bit like. Yeah. Just leave it. Fuck it. You know. Yeah. Block it. Geo block it. But I think that's all that should happen. Shouldn't be any deleting. You know. I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. Let's go to something else. Right. Okay. So, in an interesting case in France, um, man, it. So, when the Me Too whole situation hit, um, there was a lady in France that created her own kind of movement piggybacking that um and she had a hashtag that was balance ton pouk uh which translated is rat on your pig so she started that because she said that a guy that she worked with made uh like inappropriate um, what's the word, like, movement against, towards her, um, like, he flirted 
with her in an inappropriate manner. Uh, so, yeah, so she um, sent out a tweet, um, like, encouraging pe- women to, uh, you know, fight against that. And then she, uh, you know, sent a follow-up tweet giving the name and saying what the um, what the person did. So, in October 2017, she tweeted, You can recount by giving the name and details of a sexual harassment you have known in your job. And then a few hours later, she tweeted, you have big breasts, you are my type of woman, I will make you orgasm all night. And then she put in um, Mr. Brion um, and his job title. So, um, he took her to court. So, he took her to court claiming that um, you know, it was definition of defamation of character. Um, and he won, so he won a, a settlement of, um, so it would work out like $22,000, uh, which is 20,000 euros or 17,500 pounds, um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so what kind of happened was so um you know this mr brion had uh he said that he'd apologized for his inappropriate flirtation but he didn't harass her so that's what he said and also that he had never worked with her so he hadn't worked with her and then since like he then had had loads of people tweeting at him making comments about him which then has made it difficult for him to find work um and so that has been the problem and so yeah it all went to court and yeah he he won the case which is interesting, you know, so, you know, like, because I think what has happened, what happened was, there was, like, the incident that was initially related wasn't true, so it was true that he made comments to her, but, they had never worked together, and where they met was at a cocktail party, so it was a late night cocktail party, so what he, um, what he said was, um, inappropriate remarks at a cocktail party late in the evening, but only once, um, you know, he, he was like, he doesn't excuse his actions, realised that, you know, it, it probably wasn't the way 
to approach or talk to someone but you you have to be truthful and you know ain't nuance what the situation actually was so i think this is the interesting thing of it all though because you know he, like she hasn't come out and like you know mentioned the fact that all right it didn't happen at work like we de- haven't actually worked together which is kind of problematic is like look no i i think there's there's language that you use when talking with people now look like you don't really think that going up to a, a girl and saying hey i like your tits i think we should go uh you know maybe go catch a film sometime what do you say i don't really think that's gonna work you know that, that, that that's not the way to do it although although i know that that has worked i've, I've known girls who have said that yeah, a guy came up to them and said similar stuff and they were like, oh, okay. And then started dating that person. So it's a, it's a you know what I mean? It, it's one of those weird things. But yes, normally, look, you would say not to say that. But I think there is a difference to someone just completely missing the mark Saying something stupid, especially if they've been drinking. But then, if you say, go away, and they're like, oh, okay, sorry, and leave it, fine. Does people miss the mark? People are idiots. But if someone then continues to press you and to make comments and stuff... Then that's different, you know? But yeah, it is. It's, I think we have to be very careful about the things that we say are um, like harassment and the things that aren't. Because now, now there's some, you know, Miss Muller has lost this case. Now she does say she's going to appeal, but. You know, she's lost this case, which will then kind of make people, I think, look at other situations in a negative connotation. So even if something has happened that was general, genuine harassment, people may question that now. So I think that, that's, the, that's the issue about misrepresenting a situation, you know, because if she had just come out and said, man, can't I go to a cocktail party and have people talk to me in a nice manner, you can say that, right, you can say that, but don't try and dress it up into, oh, a work colleague said this about me, 
Because then that changes that situation completely. But yeah, it's it's there is a it's a weird irony around all of this, and it is a damn shame, you know. Like people should use better language when talking to each other. But also, look, don't exaggerate a situation. Talk about something in the manner it actually happened. You know? Because then people can actually, you know, base an opinion on truth rather than fabrication. And, uh, yeah, it saves you from litigation and getting other people into trouble. You know what I mean? But, yeah. There you go, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy out there. As we have seen from the shit happening this week. So, um, yeah, there's problems. Problems that probably could have been cleared up a while ago. Um, if things had been handled correctly at the time. What I'm talking about is doping. Doping in sports. So what's happened is... So I don't know if people remember, but back in 2016... Um, yeah, it had been discovered that a number... And when I say a number... I mean a number, like a huge-ass number of Russian athletes and just sports people had been found to have taken um, prohibited drugs, right? So, um, yeah, then it turns out that there was a a government-sponsored doping program, which is insane, insane. Like, some of this is shown in um, the Netflix documentary Icarus. Um, so, yeah, if it's a really interesting piece, and it's about cycling, and... The guy, it wasn't the intention, but while making the documentary, this all, like, got revealed. So it was insane. Um, And that will give you a bit of an insight. But, yeah, this was going through, like, so many sports. Like, athletics, boxing, you know, gymnastics. Like, any sport you can think of, this is applicable to it. So, at the time when this all broke, there were calls to, um, I think, ban Russia from the Rio Olympics, right? So, they were going to ban Russia, all Russian athletes from the Rio Olympics, because of the scandal and because it affected every sport, you know, not just one sport, every sport. Ha. <sighs> But the IOC, International Olympic Committee, are a bunch of gutless assholes, 
and um, didn't ban them. So what happened was, I think they banned some sports, but for the most part, everyone was allowed to compete. Um, but they did ban Russian athletes from the 2018 Winter Olympics, which is, it's not really that surprising, because the amount of money that the Olympics generates is insane, it's insane, man, you know what I mean, like, whoa, if if you are, if your organisation is connected to the Olympics, the, um, you know, the, 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 the coverage that generates is, is crazy, the money you have to give them to be a sponsor is crazy, you know, like television rights, just everything, it's money, now the Winter Olympics, you know, it's definitely bigger than what it was, but it does not generate the same money and interest, so to ban people from that, it's just like, eh, whatever, whatever, man, um, but if you're a Russian athlete and you did want to participate, you had to compete as a neutral, so not have a country, so there was all of that, now all of these, um, recommendations were passed down by, uh, by WADA, so that's the World Anti-Doping Agency, um, and, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so, as part of everything that went down in 2016, so Russia did face some sanctions and suspensions and stuff like that, so, um, last year, they, I think it was, it came up whether to bring them back into the fold, as it were, now this was, this, you know, so there was a vote in September, and that was, um, you know, that was squashed, it was like, alright, we will not do this yet, you know, um, because they wanted to actually see the, you know, the information, the data, you know, the, the actual evidence, they wanted to make sure that that was all legit now, um, and that's where everything has got spicy, right, so, um, now, in January, Russia finally handed over, um, like, access to their databases and stuff, and so, um, you know, what has been going through that information, and they found that, uh, yeah, there's, there's problems with it, <laughs> you know what I mean, there's problems with it, there's a lot of inconsistencies, okay, yeah, yeah, so, um, that is, 
yes pro proving problematic so they're thinking right all this information like where the fuck is it what's going on what is going on and so what's happened is they're giving russia a, a period of time to explain the, these inconsistencies and if they can't the uh, the call is to ban russia from attending and participating in all competition okay so the next olympics world cup world championships all of that jazz so ban them from it and ban them from hosting any major events because there's money in hosting you know what i mean like yes you have to have the infrastructure in place and if it's not there build stadiums etc etc but you know so you've laid out that money but the money you get from all these people now being in the country you know all that money they're spending that's huge so for you know what i mean for them not to be able to host big events woo yeah man it is a thing so yeah there's, there's all this back and forth you know all, all this uh all this crazy stuff but yeah like who knows what's gonna happen i mean part of the the, the the thing is as well right because we know if russia are found guilty they're gonna take it to um cas which is the court of arbitration for sport i mean that's a given then you you, you no one's gonna just lay down so they're gonna take it to cas so cas could be like ah you know what we'll give them a pass so there's that so now water so them trying to be sure they do their due diligence and you know, I mean just not skirt any official procedures or anything like that which would then give russia a cause to overturn everything when they go to cas so they're doing that but right ah so the thing is you know what i mean you you three weeks <laughs> three weeks is a long ass time you know you so it's technically you should be able to explain this shit in a week in a week because so this is the thing as well right they handed over access in january but that wasn't the deadline they'd already missed the deadline so they were already fucking around hear me and if you missed the deadline without any legitimate reasons that's because you're trying to fucking doctor shit you're trying to cover shit up 
That's what happens. So they were already up to some shenanigans. This shit comes in January. Then it's just like, hold on. This ain't right. So giving them three weeks is a long ass time to be able to, um, you know what I mean? Make some shit up. And also, right? So what's crazy is like, you know, the, the US has accused Russia of interfering with their, um, you know, uh, political process in the, um, you know, the polls with um, Trump and Hillary, right? So if they can do that, so I'm not saying they did, but let's say, yeah, if they could do that, what do you think they could do in three fucking weeks? So it, it's very, this whole thing is very dicey and people are pissed. I mean, we've got the world, um, the world championships coming up in Doha um, for athletics. And on Monday, the IAAF, International Association of Athletics Federation, have upheld the ban on Russia competing. So, yeah, there will be no Russian athletes taking place part in that championship. But, yeah, people aren't happy, man. People really aren't happy. And they kind of think that WADA is going to, um, yeah, find a way to let Russia compete. You know? What is crazy as well. So there are already 47 disciplinary cases against Russian sports people. Already 47. But they've but they've believed that more are coming up. And so to alter these database findings would mean the you know the blood work, the evidence against these people isn't there. So it's just like, oh, what the fuck do you, this is all crazy, man. But, um, yeah. So in three weeks time, so I'm guessing mid-October, we should find out what's going to happen. And I am very, very curious because, yeah, we got the Olympics in Tokyo next year. You know what I mean? So that's happening. And then, you, then you've got the World Cup. I think that's in Qatar. Yeah, so that's in 2022. So we've got these big sporting things. There'll be a Commonwealth Games in between that as well. So there's a lot of shit taking place and that's just those sports if you think of all the other like there's judo competitions taekwondo there's archery there's yeah i mean there's so many other sports and shit going on so yeah i think everyone 
uh, is on the edge of their seats trying to think what is gonna go down so yeah once i know i'll drop it here people but yeah some crazy shit Okay, so this is a bit of a weird one, and I thought I'd talk about it here rather than over an echo chamber tomorrow. Um, so we, I think everyone knows that the Joker film is shortly coming to cinemas, and um, there's a lot of people that are um unhappy about that. So. A big thing is that the film glorifies violence, you know, um, and that they're worried. Like some people have said that they're worried that by watching this film, it could get people to become like the Joker, which, um, yeah, that seems an odd one, that seems an odd one, but also, um, people, families of the victims from the Aurora shooting that took place in Colorado in 2012, they're not happy about the film as well, and so they wrote a letter saying Warner Brothers, you know, saying they're not, they, they think the film glorifies gun violence and they think that Warner Brothers should donate to groups that aid victims of gun violence okay so the thing about the um the Aurora shooting it was um someone went into a screening of I think it was Batman Returns and killed 12 people which is a terrible thing to do like that's not right but I I do feel that look right films are films, so we can't go oh you shouldn't you should only make this sort of film, and oh if you show this in a film then that's glorifying that thing, because in that regard then you would have to censor music. TV because no one was calling for Game of Thrones to be cancelled because it glorified violence. Like people weren't saying that. Um, you know, so just think of all the TV shows that people watch that have violence in, and they're fine with that. It's like um, just books, books comics there is so much out there that has you know different genres different types of stories in their makeup and all of those things so if you were saying a film can't do this then that would be the same case for all those other things so are we calling for everything just to have one type of story because like look we need to understand that 
guns are part of the world. Guns are part of the world. You know, you might like it or you might not, but that's just the truth. Guns are there. Now, if you want to um, <clears throat> hide, hide the fact that they could do certain things, that's a little ignorant. It's a little ignorant because look, you you run the um, you know you you run into the problem that kind of came with sex. So. You know, you just think they back in the day they didn't really talk uh, do sex education in schools, so then a lot of girls were like, "What the fuck just happened? What was that?" You know, they weren't prepared, they weren't aware of what was going to happen, of how it was going to feel, or what you know what I mean. And like dudes, they didn't really like, "Oh, what." Pregnancy? Oh shit! Now she's pregnant. Oh, I like it's meant to feel like this. It's like look, you can't hide information from people. I think it's as simple as that. We can't hide information. Can't bury our heads in the sand and say that these aren't things that could or have happened. You know, because these are stories. These are fictional stories of, you know, like twists of, hey, this is something that could happen. Or this is, you know, hey, if history was slightly different, this would have been the outcome. Or if this and this and this line up, someone could go in this direction. That's what this is. You know, that's what these stories do. So, to say they can't exist is very narrow-minded. To write a letter and go, oh, I think your company should donate, fuck you. That's just rude. Because it's just like, hey, do you know where they donate money? Have you looked? Have you looked? That's the thing. Have you gone through their finances and gone... Oh, so yeah, they donated to a gun violence charity and they donated to this and domestic violence and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but to just come out and go, oh, we think you should fuck you. You know what I mean? Go fuck yourself. You can't tell people what to do. Can't tell people what to make. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, don't go to the cinema. It's as simple as that. This is the thing. There's all these people always calling for boycotts, calling for this to not be made. This person should be ashamed of themselves for this or that or bum bum bum. Listen, if you have concerns, if you want to make a statement. Vote with your feet. Don't go. You know what I mean? Don't go. Just look at it like this, right? Everything is peaks and troughs. Gladiator came out. Gladiator came out and was killing it at the box office. Made mad money. 
they tried to replicate that with things, films like Kingdom of Heaven that were rubbish. So what happened? Studios stopped making those sort of films. You know what I mean? They stopped making those sort of films. So if you don't want something, don't go watch it. And if there's a load of people like you, if that is the general consensus, those films won't get made anymore. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Look at superhero films. So, they're, you know, like Blade really opened those floodgates. Then, oh, it was Batman Forever or Batman and Robin that basically killed it. Then... Everyone really just stopped making superhero films for a long-ass time. That's it. It's, it's, it's peaks and troughs. So if you are really against this thing, stop with your bullshit letters to try and... Because essentially, right, all of that, that's just PR. That's PR to make yourselves look good. Because if it wasn't, no one needs to know. No one needs to know that you, you sent this thing. No, but, you, you know what I mean? You make it an open letter. And uh, people that write open letters, you're a bunch of assholes. Because there's no reason for an open fucking letter. You know what I mean? Just send it to the person. Send it to the person. If you want the person to read send it to that person. Stop with your open letter, you bleeding heart motherfuckers. But this is the thing, right? So, um, yeah, Warner Brothers have responded. And they said, uh, gun violence in our society is a critical issue. And we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by those tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including Aurora. And in recent weeks, our parent company joined other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Brothers believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations and complex, around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. Because it's a story. It's a thing. It's a story. Now the crazy thing is. So we've got the Irishman coming out. Which I am very much looking forward to. And you know that's going to have violence in it. No one's saying. Oh people going to watch that. And they might become hitmen. Like no one says that. So. Yeah, people need to stop. People need to understand the difference between real life and fiction. Now, obviously, there are some people that can't. There are some people with, you know, 
imbalances within their makeup. But that's a mental health thing. That's a mental health thing that is a different issue. It's a different issue, you know. But those people, someone that will go watch a film, read a book, play a video game, and then flip, those people could be triggered by anything, you know. It just so happened they saw that film or played that game or read that book. But it could have been a whole heap of things that caused that same reaction. So let's not lose sight. And let's just, yeah, let's try and keep escapism as escapism. You know what I mean? Don't don't try and shut these things off for other people who might enjoy them. Just let this shit be, right? Yo, so, um, man, we've just had UFC Mexico. <sighs> Otherwise, UFC Fight Night 159. Yaya Rodriguez against Jeremy Stevens. Which was a crazy fight that we were all looking forward to. And, um, yeah. Mexico City, so that high altitude craziness, so we're just like, all right, how's this gonna go, people, we had some really good fights, some really good fights, like, Martin Bravo against Stephen Pettersson, Irani Aldana against Vanessa Melo, um, Brandon Moreno against Askar Askarov. Oh, Carla Spars against Alessa Grasso. That's just on the main card, people. You know what I mean? Like, trust me, the prelims, we had some great fights on the prelims as well. You know, Marco Polo Rares against Kyle Nelson. Like, Irene Camalossi against Angela Hill. Vincenzo Morea against Paul Cray. We had some real good fights. Real good fights. This was a fun-ass card. But, yo, the main event. Ugh. So the main event, Yar Rodriguez against Jeremy Stevens. Unfortunately, this... Oh, man. This was such a shame. No contest. No contest, people. So, yeah, man, it started. Yaya threw a leg kick. Threw a nice little leg kick. Uh, kind of got Stevens off balance. Yaya's got his hand out to um, kind of push Stevens' head away and keep him, yeah, I guess, off balance. You know what I mean? That's why. That's why you're doing it, right? Uh, but as, so as he's kicked and he's pushing away and, and, and he's kind of turning around, he's dropping his arm and his hand goes down Stephen's face. Well, so his finger just grazes Stephen's eye. Now Stephen's, he's, he shut his eye straight away. Herb Dean, he's like, yo, stop. Okay, 
and he, he goes, talks to Stevens, like, what's happening? How are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. Stevens, like, my eye's killing me. Herb's like, listen, I'm going to give you a little time because, you know, you just need to rest the eye and then you'll probably be fine. So he's like, I'll give you five minutes. So he goes, he tells the doctor what he's doing. Doctor comes in and he's just like, oh, can you see? Can you see? Even though Herb's like, I'm going to give him five minutes. The doctor's like, oh, I'm going to, can you see? And Herb's just like, listen, no, 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 no. I'm going to give him five minutes. Then you look at the eye, which was really good refereeing by Herb. So um, we have that. Five minutes goes. Uh, Stevens, yeah, can't open his eye. So yeah, fight gets fight gets stopped. Fight gets stopped and people. Mexican fans are not happy when they do not get to see their hometown fighter who they have been dying to watch fight. And I think a couple of other decisions didn't have them in the best of moods as well. So yeah. God damn it. They were throwing a all manner of shit. They were getting crazy. So Bisbin, like the G he is, gets into the octagon and he goes to interview Yaya to try and you know give some sort of closure appease the fans and all of that, Yaya's pissed, and at first he snaps at Bisbing, and you just see, like, Bisbing gives a look, but I think Bisbing understands, and he's just like, it's fine, it's cool, Yaya, Yaya apologizes, um, you know, then, you know, so they have a talk, and yeah, the, after that, the crowd seemed to settle down, and yeah, it, it, it is fine, but it was such a shame, such a shame, because this had the potential to be a great fight, but trust me, people, there were some other great fights on this card, so you need to take your asses and listen to this week's chin check for all that info, right? Okay, you do that, because yeah, got it all covered, people all covered, alright, so let's get now on to, um, what are we on to now, hey, let's, let's, let's hit the, the, the TV, what, what, what's been watched this week, hmm, okay, so this week, um, I checked out Criminal on Netflix, so, um, well, to be more precise, I checked out the UK, United Kingdom part of Criminal. Um, so, essentially, what Netflix have done, they've got this 12-episode experiment. Let's say it's an, let's call it an experiment. And so, it's set around... Um, four countries so we've got Spain France Germany along with the UK and each location has three episodes right so 
Yeah, and it's it's all kind of like it's police procedural, basically. Yeah, it's police procedural, and it's it's definitely fascinating. So, um, yeah, this was created by George K and Jim Field Smith. You know, the three episodes that I watched starred um, David Tennant, uh, Hayley Aitwell, Claire Hope, Ashiti, Yusuf Kirkhoff, um, <clears throat> Catherine Kelly, Lee Ingleby, Mark Stanley. Roshenda Sandal, uh, Nicholas Pinnock, and Shubham Saraf. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, the premise is basically the show is set within the confines of a police interrogation room where London investigators engage in intense games of psychological cat and mouse with their suspects to find the answers that they need to solve their cases like i've heard i heard about this show a while back and um you know it it, it sounded intriguing but the big thing was can it hold up can it hold up if it's only kind of in the interrogation room now to get around this so essentially it's on one floor okay so they've got on one floor um you've got the uh the interrogation room so the 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 half that is um you know where the uh, detectives speak with the um you know the the people the um ugh, what would you call them um you know your uh, criminal type yeah the, the the you know the people in custody yes where the police will speak with them and then there's the room that's behind the mirror so you have the bit where the other officers may be sitting and watching and then you've kind of got the corridor up the, you know, outside the room. So you sometimes we see people in there or trying to smoke out the window. But the main, the main real focus is within the interrogation room and behind the window glass. And, um... Yeah, so what's really interesting, what I think what really makes this is the acting. Um now everyone is good. Like, you know what I mean? So all the police, they're really good, they do a great job. But I I think the the two actors that really stand out 
really stand out is David Tennant and Hayley Atwell. They are exceptional. Exceptional. Like, David, like, the, 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 I think the way Tennant shifts, the way his character shifts in the first episode is just a sight to be seen. It it was so good. And the way that episode plays out, there's at the beginning, you're just a bit like, um where is this going? I I like something obviously has to happen, but how are they going to transition this? Because it's all a bit one note like what's 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 gonna happen here and the way it shifted was man the acting was phenomenal because you're watching it and you're i think you you mean you're just hooked you are hooked and then Ah, the next thing that happens is just like, <gasps> whoa, okay, because yeah, I I was, and now, damn, so that was really good, like Haley Eightwell's character, because at the beginning, you know, it, it it you just you I think you have a certain perception of her. But then as she, um, her interplay with, um, uh, one of the detectives, um, it was just, I think it was, um, yeah, Roshenda Sandow's character, um, Vanessa Warren, that, whoo, that, that was extremely good. You know, it, it you just see this this kind of unfold. Do, 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 you know, it's it was forming an attachment, a connection, which then un- unraveled these extra pieces. So yeah, it was very fascinating. So the last episode. Um, where where um Yusuf Kakur played um Jay. Now he was very good as well, but his character was it was a lot more subtle, you know. So you don't really get a lot, but it's very nuanced, and he has to kind of. Drip feed you the emotion. And he does that very well. It's just. I think the others. Are so vibrant. They they stand out above him. But yeah. Like he does do a good job. 
it's just you know what I mean it, it's the last episode so the, after the two that we have you're just a bit like oh okay I know that was very good but yeah you are um you've already hit that high now see that side of things is really good so the acting is is great as i said look the acting is great i think a problem with it is this now i would definitely recommend this show but it's three episodes and it's hard to really create much depth with the inspectors, with the constables, you know, the police. So they, they, they try and build a little story, um, you know, that includes uh, Tony and Vanessa. So there's a little thing that they try and do with that and then Paul, you know. But it's just, it doesn't really, because we don't, we haven't had enough, we haven't seen enough to really hold much interest, because we just don't know them well enough to care, and I think that's, that's the, um, you know, the downside of three episodes that are 45 minutes, and where the majority of the episode is dealing with the interrogation. You know, there's not much room for character growth with anyone else. You know? I think also, like, I definitely think three episodes is probably the, the max you want. Because otherwise you are going to be falling into the trap of those early seasons of House. Where, you know, it's all enjoyable. It's all well done. But it starts to get a little predictable. Because you know, come the end, it's all getting wrapped up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that that's definitely a thing because obviously we can't have the whole interrogation from beginning to end so we come in with uh like it, it so i think at the time the changed per episode but you know essentially we're getting the last I don't know, let's say 20 minutes of the process. The la you know, the last few minutes where they're trying to do a thing before they have to release the people. So everything has got to a certain point. You know what I mean? It, 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 you've already broken them to a certain degree or you've done enough work to then get to the juicy part. And so that's the thing. So we're not getting a full picture. So it, it you know, what I mean? it's it's a bit like, well, you know, obviously that's gonna happen because you need the story to go ba 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 ba. 
so I think if we had more than three episodes, we you you definitely start the you know, you I think you'd be getting bored. You'd be getting a bit disgruntled with the whole thing. But as it is, it works out fine. You know? I, I think the big pull is definitely the acting and the way you mean the, the way the information is just enticed. Ain't that's that's the big USP here. That's the great writing. The rest of it, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? Trying to Oh, do you like that person? Oh, what's that person doing? Like all of that. Mm, it's not as important. And we don't really care as much. But yeah. It's that whole procedural thing that is. Is fascinating. Now um. Yeah I don't know if I'm going to watch the others. I need to check to see if there are. You know if If they've been dubbed into English. Because subtitles aren't going to work. But yeah. I, mean, I possibly will try. Uh, you know. I'll take a look. I might check those out. Uh, but I do think it is definitely something that's worth a watch. And it's not that long, you know, 45 minutes an episode, just three episodes. It's pretty easy, right? So, um, yeah, if you like police stuff, you know, if, if you're on that kind of tip, you like those procedural sort of shows, that CSI type of thing, that, um, mind hunter, making a murderer, all of that, then I think this is a show for you, so yeah, check it out, it's Criminal, um, United Kingdom, on Netflix, and, as I said, look, there's, there's a, a Spanish one, a German one and a French one. So, yeah, if you're if you're loving one, you can, you know, go to the others. Or if you just think, hey, I'm German, I'd rather watch the German version. Hey, there's one for you, people. So yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix, and um, yeah, because it came out um last Friday. Yeah, there you go, people. All right, let's go into a book. Okay, people, so this week's book is Imperium. It's by Robert Harris, and it's book one in his Cicero trilogy. Uh, the narrator was Simon Jones. And so this is what the website says. When Tyro, the confidential secretary and slave of a Roman senator, opens a door to a terrified stranger... On a cold November morning, he sets in motion a chain of events that will eventually propel his master into one of the most suspenseful courtroom dramas in history. The stranger is a Sicilian, a victim of the island's corporate Roman governor, Varys. The senator is Marcus Cicero, an ambitious young lawyer and spellbinding orator who at the age of 27 is determined to attain imperium supreme power in the state. Of all the great figures of the Roman world, 
none was more fascinating or charismatic than Cicero and Tyro, the inventor of shorthand and author of numerous books, including a celebrated biography of his master, which was lost in the Dark Ages, was always by his side, compellingly written in Tyro's voice, Imperium, is the creation, is the recreation of his vanished masterpiece, recounting in vivid detail the story of Cicero's quest for glory, as he competed with some of the most powerful and intimidating figures of his or any other age, Pompey, Caesar, Crassus, and the many other powerful Romans who changed history. Robert Harris, the master of innovative histor historical fiction, lures us into a violent, treacherous world of Roman politics at once exotically different from and yet startlingly similar to our own. Ah, uh, okay, so I am a big fan of historical fiction. You know what I mean? I think some of my favourites were uh, the Con Eagleson books on Yengis Khan and he also did books about Rome uh, and the interesting thing like with a lot of the books you read about Rome Cicero is always a character that is mentioned but we don't often go into too much detail about him so this was very intriguing you know what I mean because you really get that deep dive into you know what he was about now yes obviously this is a fiction <laughs> you know what I mean it's, 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 it's not uh, essentially true but I can imagine that a lot of the information in it, like um, the cases he tried and stuff like that, and I could imagine that these are true, you know, and we know his um, kind of elevation, you know what I mean, like how he got to this level and then this level and that kind of thing, so all of that you know, that part of things is, I'd imagine, correct. So it was interesting to see all of that, you know. Um, and I, like, I think the one thing that kind of did get me, because when you do, we do the various case, and all of that, which is very like, oh, where is this going now? Oh, shit. I think that is very intriguing, but you think it's going to end, you know what I mean, I think you think it's going to end once it's got all of this out of the way, but then it goes into other stuff, and the other stuff isn't, ah, like, it's fine, but there is a bit of a lull, you know, there is a bit of a lull in the events and in, like, just the way you kind of perceive the book and you're kind of drawn into everything. 
But yeah, then I guess the end though, the end isn't bad. The end is pretty good. Although I th- I think you do get into um there are a few meetings and it's just like, oh, and this meeting happened and then we don't find out. And it's a bit like, mm, I but that's a bit mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you know what I mean, just having these kind of moments that we know nothing about. Because that just, yeah, that's a bit blah. It's a bit bo- poor. You know, because I kind of feel that if we're getting this story, we need to kind of hit most of the points. Um, yeah. But with, um, yeah, I, I think you, the, the Catalina um character is good at towards the end but it's one of those things that you're kind of just given oh so he, he you know, these are rumors these are rumors but we don't get any hard yet and so this he did actually did this and he actually did that which i think so it just makes all the other stuff after the Viri stuff is all the Viri stuff you do for actually go, oh, so this is the shit he actually did. You know what I mean? So we we really do get a sense of the piece of shit he is. The Catalina stuff is a bit like, yeah, okay. Mm, he's probably shit. You know what I mean? He's probably shit. But there's no... You know, it's just like, oh, there, there's these rumours that he's done all of this. But there's not, yeah, he's done all of this. The only kind of crazy thing is, uh, like, oh, and he tried, he kind of jokingly strangled someone. So he's probably a bit crazy. But that's it. So I just think we don't get the same sense of, I think, danger and all of that with the with the latter half of the book that we did with the beginning you know so i yeah so i think it had its ups and downs but it wasn't a bad book you know it it wasn't a bad story in its entirety but i just think with the way it all ended and everything like that you know I really really enjoyed the first part of the book you know the first trial and all of that second one not as much so I don't think I'm uh I'm as drawn and compelled to like pick up the other two books which were um so book two is Lustrum and book three is Dictator. So, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on those two. But, yeah, look, if you really enjoyed this, there are two more, so you can check those out. And, um, yeah, look, if you're a big fan of political historical fiction, then, yeah, this is a decent book. You know, um, if not, 
yeah, you probably want to pass on it. I'd probably, I'd still feel the Cone Ingleson Emperor series is better. I definitely enjoy that more. Um, and I think some of, you know, the other books that Robert Harris has written, I've enjoyed more than this. You know, like the, you know, the Simon Sarrow books. Um, Kate, Kato, um, I forget, the two characters, the two legionnaires. I think I prefer those as well. But to each their own, right? To each their own. But um, yes, this is on Audible if you want to check it out. It's Imperium. It's by Robert Harris, narrated by Simon Jones. And as I mentioned, it's book one in the Cicero trilogy. Okay, people. So, we draw to the end of another episode. There's just a small bit of TV news. Um, so, let's get to that. Alright, so, um, yeah, there's a new TV series that's being made around um, Leonardo da Vinci's life. So, it's being directed by Dan Percival, um, and the whole gist of the story is um, that each episode is going to revolve around one of um, Da Vinci's masterworks. Right, supposedly, they're, they're going to be looking at him in new ways as well. Like, one of which is supposedly a gay outsider. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what relevance or anything like that you know ouch like if this is all based in fact or not but yeah this is what it's gonna be so it's gonna be eight episodes and um so the idea is for it to um come out next year because that will be the 500th anniversary of, uh, of his death. So yeah. Filming is meant to be starting in Tuscany. And Northern Italy. Pretty soon. Um, also. Uh, Netflix. Like I think it was last year. They signed a big deal with Shonda Rhimes. And so one of the shows. That she is working on has been announced so this is notes on love it's an episodic anthology series and it's going to be exploring stories um about love and marriage uh, like how they meet and come together you know like the, just the themes and um what it means and how it's changing in um, society. And, you know, when society changes, does love and marriage change? So, yeah, um, the, I think the idea is that um, 
the episodes will be written and directed by different, you know, different people. So, you know, everything, every episode has a different kind of voice, a different tone, a different feel to it. But yeah, um, no real indication of when it's going to be coming out. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, there's that. And um, lastly, so I think everyone probably remembers 30-something. Think. You know, it was a huge show in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, supposedly, Marshall Hirchkov and Ed Zwick, who created the original show, have got an idea for, um, you know, an offshoot, like a reimagining. So, what it what it will do is it will um, follow the children of the people from the original series and focus on on them and how um, yeah how how you know they are progressing and all of that. Uh, and supposedly they they want the original cast to um you know come in and um yeah pick up those old characters like at the moment no one's been you know signed on or tied down to this but that is the idea uh and um it will be coming through MGM TV. So, I mean, the original series, it followed, uh, you know, it was about the baby boomer generation in Philadelphia, and it looked at their struggles, you know, problems with their careers, relationships, marriage, parenting, all kind of things like that. So, I think that was one of the first shows to do that. Now, we've, you know, we've got a load of shows that kind of look at these themes and subjects. So it'll be interesting to see if this can still, this kind of idea can still resonate. If people will still care. But, uh, yeah, you know, this is the idea. No word to when it will drop. But, um... Yeah, I think they're trying to line it all up. So, um, there you go, people. You know, that is it for another episode. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday. So, tune in then. All right. Keep it easy. Peace.